Hey, Unpackers, welcome back to Unpacking Atlanta with Cola B Talking. I am the hostess with the mostest is what I would like for you to believe. So just go with this. Just trust me. I am here to facilitate community through a conversation about the FX sensation Atlanta and talking with some fellow Atlanta black spurts is what I like to call them. We're going to unpack Atlanta and you should make sure that you are following us on Twitter. Our handles are in the episode notes. Look at the notes, you all. And also look for the hashtag unpacking Atlanta on Twitter, because that is about as high tech as we get when it comes to correspondence about the show. Hashtag unpacking Atlanta on Twitter. You know how to use hashtags. All right. So you've heard from her before on our first episode, Sunita Delano. Did I put too much emphasis on something? No, you said you actually said it correctly. Boom. Two T's. Because I understand Black girl names. Yes, not two D's. Boom shakalaka. So she is here to join us as half of the Outside Voice Inside podcast duo. Very dope situation that you need to get into Sin is also a mental health advocate. I think I already said that. A writer. It's important that you know writer because writers be knowing stuff and they really be looking at things in a way where they're like deconstructed. So that makes it fantastic for the purposes of unpacking things. Writers are just like, oh, what all does this mean? Why are all these people in here? And why she got that on? You know, y'all know how y'all are. So yes, and mother tour guide universal guide to an amazing supernova that she calls bug your daughter that's right and uh she'd be watching atlanta as well but this show is not for that age group as far as how we do in this so she's not gonna be on here just no. in case she was wondering spoiler alert speaking of spoilers <laughs> all the spoilers in the show so just you know get ready for that um and you know back out now if you feel like that's going to be too much for you but just like just so you know so you know so also black spurt one of many undoubtedly many visits and conversations tam joiner the other half of the outside voice inside podcast a fellow cultural critic we love critics around here writer Writing the things, work from home warrior, a body butter buyer. And she really just wanted me to say that just to make sure I'm warmed up. <laughs> okay. And a Savage Fenty stand. Tam, why you make me say all that shit? Hey, you got to get it out. It's like, you know, <laughs> look for former singers. Me, man, mama. For real. I was like, oh, that's the warm up. She was trying to get me to warm up on the low. I appreciate that. I needed that because this is a lot going on. We're unpacking. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Okay. You want to tell us a little bit about your Atlanta experience? And maybe it's Atlanta. You get us corrected. How do you say it? Uh, Atlanta? Atlanta. 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 I was saying it with the hard T at the end. I'm sorry. Atlanta. Y'all. Oh, no. Yeah. That I, I sounds usually, very foreign. Depending on who I'm talking to, sometimes it's just Atlanta, where okay. there's no T at the end at all. None. None mm-hmm. whatsoever. As God intended. Yeah. Mm. Just, you know, it's it's that's 
that's the native tongue in the city of Atlanta is uh, Atlanta is what you mostly hear from people who are what I call the Grady baby squad. Like it, How? If, you, if you very, it's very rare a lot of times for you to meet people in Atlanta who are from Atlanta. Yeah. But when you meet the Grady babies, then you know, you can tell from the, by the way they talk. They're going to let from. you know. Yeah, they let you know like right they, they're gonna let you know they be proud of it and mm-hmm. i love that for y'all so yes. <laughs> and shout out I, to the grady babies i um i don't know if i'm a, a transplant anymore i've okay. lived here for 20 plus years mm-hmm. so i'm not sure if, if this is home or if i'm in and out halfway here halfway there i'm originally from virginia so okay um, but oh. i've been i've been here for uh it'll be 22 years in august that i have been in the city of atlanta um and i've uh-huh. lived all over the metro area i've seen the city change i yeah. remember when it wasn't and i now see what it is so i would love for you to tell us a little bit about two two experiences your first significant memory of atlanta no no tea at the end and your favorite memory. And if they're the same, cool. But if they're not, go for it. Um, I will say I came down here to visit a lot before I actually moved. Um, one of my cousins, her father is from Georgia. And they used to have their family reunion in Atlanta all the time. Yeah. So I remember mm-hmm. we came down here one year for the family reunion. This is probably one of my funniest kind of memories of it <laughs> since I've been here. But um, we decided everybody was doing something and the person I was in a room with, we didn't want to do it. So we were we were like, um, let's just take the car and drive. Now, we don't know, have no idea where we are going. Oh, so we just hopped in the car and started driving. And I will never forget. We got to a stoplight and a guy pulled up beside us in an old um, Monte Carlo, Chevy Monte Carlo, like one of the ones from like the 80s. Mm. He was sitting on 20s. Mm. And, the, the, you know, it was it was tinted up in the whole nine, but he had his windows down. And he looked at me and smiled and he had like gold teeth and he called me shoddy. And I was like, I, have to, I, was like, I have to move. I'm, I'm I belong moving. here. Like, I, this is where I need to be. Mm. Um, and I Very think black. one of, I think that one of my favorite memories is I had been here probably a year or two and my sister actually moved here after me mm-hmm. and we went to a concert and the concert that we went to see, we saw Killer Mike, mm-hmm. Dead Prez and the Youngbloods. And what a trio. Moving here, I was always very, in in Virginia, they're very much, they don't want to be Southern. They want to be uh, from the mid-Atlantic region, um, which which allows them to uh, pretend as if some of them are from New York when they're really not. So so it was a lot of New York hip hop that always played where I'm from. Mm. So when I moved to Atlanta, I was like, anti-Atlanta radio this radio sucks it's awful it's terrible but I have been here like a year and a half or so when we went to this concert and um the Youngbloods did damn and I was like 
I looked at my sister and we were like, we love it here. Like we yeah. were just like, like it was like, and, I, and so I had to try to explain to my friends. They were like, I don't understand the music from Atlanta. And I was like, you can't, it's like a feeling. So. Go off AT Alien. Mm-hmm. We, wow, what a very endearing memory. So now you're here talking to us about Atlanta on FX. I have to say Atlanta when I say the official title. It's the difference. We'll figure it out as we go along. So we're starting at season three, as far as like more real time unpacking of episodes, but we're also unpacking some themes. So I want to start with sin since we're getting, we're getting it going and let's uh, unpack some of our favorite awkward white moments. A lot of racism was involved. Um, oh my! I can think of about what? ten, and I was really tons really, of like, microaggressions. The microaggressions. Okay. Holy Wait, smokes! Are we going to start with the very first one as soon as you it... you start? You go first. It doesn't have to be season the, three. The Karen in the in window. Middle. The Karen in the window of episode three. Y'all didn't see her. They were she trying gone. to find the house. And she on her phone looking out the window at mm-hmm. them. I didn't see that. Yes, Good yes. Grief. She that was before they even got to the house to the to the park. Yes, they were walk. They were just walking down the street. Like oh. we as black people can't even walk down the street to our final destination without white folks calling the police on us. That damn. Yeah, Karen was in full effect. She wow. really was. She really was. Like really, she didn't get no I can't walk. I can't walk. I can't be black outside. Apparently no. not. But I laughed when I saw because remember in the second episode, the white the the promoter, he said, "We're tolerant out here." Yes. No, it's like you're not. That's how we. No, said. so it's kind of like I was mm. talking to Tamara about how Donald Glover's comedy. I think people forget he's a comedian mm-hmm. because you know. When he was on Community, a lot of Black people weren't really vibing with him when he was on Community. He was funny as shit on that mm-hmm. show. It was really good. Yeah, yes. that show was You had to be there. Yeah, yeah, that show was excellent. He has like a, a dry and very often dark sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So I see this a lot in, in Atlanta. There are things that we probably shouldn't laugh at, but we're laughing at it because it's so true to Black life, right? And it's mm-hmm. so fucking ridiculous. Like, yes. Um, so just in counting down some of the most awkward white scenes, <laughs> I gotta go back a little further. Do y'all remember the frat house scene when they yes. are this big Confederate flag? The that was season were, two. I believe so. Yes. Where oh gosh, when they went to the pajama party. Yes, that's what I was about to say when they went to the pajama party. Yeah. And um, they were fleeing the scene and they ended up taking refuge in this frat house. Yes. You know, they seem to be fans. Great. But, you know, when they pulled up, they got a little bit more than they bargained for. Yes, there was weed, but there was also all of that. And the Confederate flag, like, I didn't. Not, it, not my it, scene. 
I didn't enjoy it. I did not enjoy it. It was like one of those, this just happened. And you're like, wow, this is happening. It's the way they responded that made it awkward. I, you know, fight or flight kicks in sometimes. And then sometimes yeah. you're just stunned and you don't move. But I, I will have to say any moments when I was in Georgia, since being here for what, almost 20 years, right? Anytime something felt racist, I leave. Me and Tara, we just, we were supposed to be going out to dinner, meeting a friend in uh, Colony Square. And mm -hmm. we walked into this restaurant. Dude, it was nothing but white people, which, I mean, it's Atlanta. So that wasn't the mm -hmm. thing. The vibe was there were open tables, but they didn't seat us at the tables. Um, they told us we could sit at the bar and we could order food there if we wanted to. So this long stretch of table. And we sat down and we had been there, what, 15, 20 minutes, Tara? Mm -hmm. Nobody came, oh. asked us for anything. These white oh. people came, sat down right next to us and a waiter, what? Hey, can I take your order? Are we the fuck not sitting here? Yeah, uh, she, no. she literally ran up to them and I was like, Oh, you was like, waiting for them. I was like, let's go. I, I immediately Is this was really like, happening? Let, let's go. So we left. Listen, it's it's still racist as fuck in Georgia. And I, I love that Donald Glover is pointing this out. Like, right. Yeah. The South is still racist. Like, don't get it fucked up just because it's 2000 something. Yeah. Leave when you are in those places. Because no matter how much they are smiling, racism is still very violent even the microaggressions i gotta add one. Oh my god and speaking of microaggressions do you remember when the white dude we saw him more than one episode but he was discussing some kind of scenario and he said the n-word he's just straight up said nigga to earn and then later on in the episode when earn was like what tell us what you said again. you're talking about Episode this episode that just passed? No, I'm talking. No, no, no. About this is sort of like, like in, general. A, in general on the I'm show. Zooming all the way out just to explore the theme of the white awkwardness that is usually some kind of microaggression or racism in some kind mm -hmm. of way. It's the absurdity of it that gives it that surreal effect. I remember what you're talking about because he told him to say it again, and it was a larger group of people. And, yes. and then he was very hesitant. Or like oh. he was kind of like he didn't he was, say it. He he was gonna say it, but it was kind of like, but you know, it's always those you have those white people that feel comfortable saying that word with certain people. But when mm. you put them, you when you take what they've said to you like as if you are okay with it, because it mm. was not uh, the thing is that I think a lot of times when Earn does it, when Earn does the awkward, like he doesn't say anything people take that as him complying or yes. being okay with what is happening so mm -hmm. by him telling him to say it again in front of mixed company other than him it puts him on the spot to let you know that yeah you said that in front of me and you thought I was cool with that I'm really not cool with that so go ahead and say it again like say it was kind of you know what I'm saying and I think that the way Donald Glover plays earn earn 
it's very does and this is donald glover does very well with the awkward silences and pauses in conversations with people to make you to make you understand that there's more going on in yeah. this in this dynamic than maybe the other person is yeah. perceiving he does that very well and i think that the scene that you're talking about was kind of was kind of one of those things whereas like when al al is in a situation it's very i'm up front with it like vocal yes it's very vocal so like you're talking about awkward like white people scenes and i'm just i'm sticking to this particular episode when uh he says you know i have four aces give me my money and the dude just looks at him and walks out of the room and then when he looked at the other dudes and he was like he going to get my money, right? And the other yeah. two dudes, and the other two dudes didn't say a word. The other two white so dudes, did. they just got up and left the room. And I was like, and then you know he started to go off. But that, that's that's how you know, like Al is yes. very different in that way. Whereas Ern is completely the opposite. Oh, that is a good example and, of and, that contrast. And that and that contrast with the two of them. So even oh. in those awkward white people moments, Ern is more likely to not say versus Al who will say and then Darius who will observe in those moments. So that kind of gives you... But Darius observes and reports, but very slick. Did y'all notice that he said the rock was white? What rock? What? Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't notice him saying yeah, that. Was, he was naming off white people, and he's yeah. like, "Yeah, rock." And I was like, "And I, I noticed that, and I was just like, why did that happen?" Listen, I feel like I, I heard I him say that, but I, I thought feel, I misheard. No, him you say did. that. I feel like that has to do with they set the tone with the first <laughs> episode. When, the, when that white guy and a black guy was out on uh, Lake, uh, Lake, Lanier. Lake Lanier. And remember the white guy said the town almost became white. Right. And you know, black culture critic, Tamara, you know they be trying to call Dwayne white. Oh yeah. Well, oh. We know he's black, right? Yeah. But that's but because- yeah. no. He needs to do some white shit sometimes. Well, he, but here's the thing is that this is this is the problem that look, we're talking about the rock, but I understand that because I feel like what's happening now is that white people have always wanted the rock to be white, but now they've convinced black people that the rock doesn't want to be black when he very oh. much he because because he's yes. not always like I am black, I am black, I am black, because he knows that he's black. Like his father is very clearly a black man. He has a whole TV show about his life where his father is a black man and his mama is a Samoan woman. It's it, it's it's a it's autobiographical, yes, to a, to an extent. So mm. he he very much knows that he's black, but he doesn't you know go around and pronounce that he is black. They always complain like when it's black issues, he never says anything. And I was like, but he doesn't really say anything about any issue. If you if, I mean, if he really kind of want to focus yeah. in on him but yeah. but I feel like what you're saying is right that they do want him to be white and he's not and so they'll they just have, very cleverly claim him to the point yes. where we start to this they're very good with this long game 
Yes. Yes, very much so. The damn teaspoon in the mug type of motherfucker. This is is, Mm -hmm. is how they act. The microaggression is the Asian chick. Like, come on. You you just assume all black guys want to holler at you. That was so corny, though. But it was awkward. It, it, but she continued it. It was it was that once he said, yes. can, can you pass me the gin? Then you felt the need to explain yourself and to what happened to you before. And this is why you said what you said. Let's just pass him the gin and then just shut the hell up. Like yeah. that's the end of the conversation. But really she, like I think that was, it was like so awkward. It was like, it made me cringe because she kept going. And I was like, stop, stop talking. talking. Like, I was just like, <laughs> It was very cringy. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You think about, you know, there there are people who date Black people, non-Black people who date Black people, and they swear it's not a fetish, right? Mm. But do you submerge yourself in the Black community the way you submerge yourself in Black vagina or dick? Question. And, and especially people who have black kids mm-hmm. and they're not black, but the other parent is. Mm-hmm. Do you teach your kids about their blackness? I just feel like answer all these questions. If your answer is no, yeah. you sleep with black people because it's a fetish. Because mm-hmm. you, you're not embracing the culture. And, I, mm-hmm. and then this is the kicker. This woman wasn't just like, oh, well, I'm attracted to black guys too. You was finna marry a white dude, bitch. Yeah. Oh. Like, so you sleep with black dudes because it's a fetish. Right. And you, because of that, you assume black dudes are finna holler at you. Oh, you flipped it. I was cringing like. I just wanted her to be, I just wanted her to be quiet. Like you, you, you made the mistake. Let's unpack that. And then just, he, <laughs> he, he said, you pass in the gin and then you just go away. Like there's nice. no need to continue the conversation. I would have loved to see that. And you see where that got her, which we're, we're going to get to that. Cause that was <laughs> what a melee. A um, whole bunch. What, uh, that was a lot. That was a lot. So yeah. Tamara brought up Al at the at the poker table. Mm-hmm. Yes. So remember when that white man started talking about the ghosts? Yes. And then, I ghosts. really dislike hearing that. Not only was that shit creepy, but yeah. he said the devil is just as powerful as God. Everything's just looking for balance. And then that's when he dipped. And it's like, all right. So much can be read into that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like white devil, you white devil, bring this man his fucking money and start playing around. Yes, are you starting to say you powerful? Because remember, the little rapper dude was like, Oh, he went upstairs, (laughs) he ain't coming down. (laughs) Yeah, it felt very like little brother ish. Like, you really got got. I've been doing a little bit more reading, a little bit more research, and the common theme that I found around how to receive the show. Or how Atlanta is received. Atlanta, that is the common theme. That mm-hmm. is the common association is surrealism. And I it always makes me think of that episode with the fake commercials, the Montague episode. Yeah. Yes. 
they were talking about one of the one of the commercials there was like you're drinking it wrong i say all that to say that if you're watching and you're making the mistake of looking for very pronounced kind of chronological everything then you're watching it wrong you're going to mm-hmm. be disappointed it's a show where you got to get on the ride and enjoy the experience mm-hmm. it's what i've come to recognize and appreciate and it also makes me think of how it it, it was never really linear in the first place right when did we ever observe Mm -hmm. it just being very linear no No. it was all connected but it it wasn't I mean it's blackness like right mm -hmm. everything we everything about being black is connected right but it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's all happening at the same time right Mm. And that's how that's how I view Atlanta. Like, you can find like, say for instance, this season has, I'm just saying some arbitrary number, thirteen episodes. Episode ten might have something to do with episode one, but eleven and twelve are connected and have right. nothing to do with number one. Or so, like you said, flashbacks. right? Like you said, yeah. it's not linear, mm-hmm. but they all you can you can piece it together because Mm -hmm. it's a thinking show because some shows are very obvious right Mm -hmm. like blackish and grownish it's like it's like there in your face like we're telling you what this is about but Atlanta narrating yes yes that's what it is what do you see I that's how I I feel they're they've written it and they've directed it is what do you see when we put this in front of you yeah, that's what is that's what really points towards the artistry in the most significant way is um, it's very clear that it is intentional that everyone who takes it in is supposed to receive what they receive from it. And I think the nod to that is the the nuances and the differences and the things that are co- in common that the uh, characters have. Right. So do you have a favorite character, Tam? Um, you know, I've always, <laughs> I've always liked Al only because I feel like the type of person he is, is like a little, I'm a little bit like that, <laughs> but <laughs> so it's kind of one. it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Like I can, I relate to him, but I also kind of sometimes wish I had a little bit of earn in me like that could just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I feel like sometimes I'm very reactionary, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, for example, in the second episode, when they were, when earn comes in and he's like, I got the laptop. And then Al is like, I'm not doing this shit. And he was like, he's like, why? And then he just pulled a cut. That is very much me. Oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not, nope. Yeah. And he was kind of looking at him crazy, but I think that Al is my favorite only because sometimes I feel like I can relate to him. Just some of the things that he does and just, you know, he's always, the, he's the, he's the party guy. Like people love Al. Like yeah. when he, when he, when he, you know, opens up to you or just like when the guy was like, uh, do you like trees? And he was like, you say less. Like he was like, right. And then he literally took him outside to a tree. And he was yeah. like, dude, like, what are you talking about? 
Yes, very anticlimactic, but I think that uh, that's why I think I relate a lot to Al. So that's why um, I think I like him out of everybody, even though sometimes he does some foolish stuff, but I um, I still kind of, I, I do foolish stuff. I don't stuff. see that. <laughs> I'm always disappointed when I see him doing foolish stuff because I feel like he has the best grip on reality and practicality. Al? I feel like he does. Do you disagree? I, I feel like he comes across that way, but he doesn't. Like he he he's presents himself. He's I feel like he presents <laughs> himself in that way, but like she said, he is still a nigga. And that and that and I think that when he does the foolish, it's when he's having nigga moments. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like throwing that money. Why are why are you wasting money? Wait, I thought he <laughs> really asked for the money for something. And then when he threw it in the air, I was like, is that why you needed that money? That was but so he, dumb. I'm like, was that the whole plan? But he wasted money also by gambling away. Like you still, you still didn't get your 40 grand. You still didn't get it. Right. And what was chopping down a damn tree supposed to do? To get him to come outside because he loved that tree, obviously. But then you, you stole Nando's. You stole free food. That's, that was so that, stupid. You're right. That's I what I'm saying. Like yeah. he's not. I that tell was a, you that was it. a nigga moment, though. That was a nigga moment. Yes, that yeah. literally was. That was yeah. the textbook definition of a nigga moment, as we uh, have come to understand it, specifically described in the Boondocks. Yes, <laughs> that it was blatant disrespect, and. It brings something out of those who have that moment. It brings something out that is very irrational. And for that reason is very much out of touch with reality. And like, why are you stealing free food? It's not stealing. Um, it's not. No. <laughs> and it's chopping not. down the tree just seems like, I get it. But at the same time, you are black as fuck in these rich white people's party. So you can expect a lawsuit. Where where did he get the chainsaw? Where where did he find that? <laughs> I don't because of the TV show and because it's him and he definitely that kind of petty. And I can tell you specifically how I when I knew he was that kind of petty was when he was going back and forth with old boy from the internet. You know who I'm talking about. Yes. Creepy dude. Why did you do that? You didn't have to do that. Like, but one of the funniest moments though came from that episode with that little boy. And that once again, it wasn't funny. It was very sad. <laughs> when the little boy was cussing in the backseat, <laughs> he was rapping or whatever he was doing. He was going off. He was having his moment. But in that episode, Paperboy was riding around with this young man who seemed like, if I didn't know him like that, I don't see why I would let him drive me somewhere. Right. He didn't seem like he had all the marbles. Once again, going back to what we saw last week with someone driving off the side of a cliff, if you're catching what I'm putting together for you. Yes. Um, that was not a one of his... How old are these people? <laughs> so I know that when last week when we were talking, we said they're 30s. I think they're their late 20s, in their late 20s. I think Paperboy appears old, but in behavior, he's not that much older than them. Right. I feel like he's the oldest, but he don't act like he's the oldest. He's a complex one. And they all I have their shining that. moments. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. I will say that like where they individually step up mm-hmm. and it, it mm-hmm. makes sense. So like, you know, even though Van be acting like she is space cadet most of the time, I feel like she had more shining moments in previous seasons, not so much mm-hmm. in these first three episodes. <laughs> Oh no, this is not her. This is, I feel like she's having a great time and she's very rich in like carefreeness, but it yeah. makes her look like a total ditz. Well, well yeah. I mean, you know, she has like shit going on. But she yeah, looks free. Well, because she doesn't have anything to worry about. Right. Her kid is with her parents. Yeah. He's no longer with Earn. But he's also funding the trip right so it's like let me get this vacation at one time listen i, I i'm it. gonna say this and i didn't say it last week but i'm gonna say it this week because i have seen lots of comments what where the kid at what her kid is where her kid needs to be because nobody made that comment when it came to earn her and earn have the same kid together Right. But they were more concerned about why is a mother vacationing without the child? And I would like for society to normalize mothers taking vacations without their children, because we're definitely going to do things with our kids. Our kids are attached at our hip all the time. But the disdain some of the people had because she done ran off. She in a whole nother country, her kids somewhere else. So what are we supposed to do as mothers? Wait till our kids are like 18 before we go on vacation? I'm not but, doing it. But she, but she clearly stated where her child was. She did. She said, my Lottie's with my parents. She said it when Darius picked her up from the airport. Yeah, she didn't say she auctioned her off on the right. Well. Right. But, to, but this, is, this is the thing about television and film is people see what they want to see they hear what they want to hear it's like we're not going to catch everything right yeah but that shows where people's head is about women too specifically black women you're supposed to be with your kids all the time right yes massa no massa (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah that is that is definitely where society at. And um, yeah. that's not my fault. I didn't make y'all foolish. Okay. For the record, did not make you all foolish. So stop with that. But let me be, let me clarify. Cause I did express some disdain for her being there without the kid, but that's just because I didn't want her to be there. Um, <laughs> and I just, cause I was like, she don't be talking about nothing, but she just, it's not that I dislike her as a character. It's just that I, here's my theory is that she's been so underdeveloped for as long as she has that. And she's like, let me be more specific. If I was to exist in that universe or she existed in my universe, we wouldn't be friends. I would just be like, okay, girl. It, see, so that's why I'm not interested in her is because I'm like, I, I wouldn't want to kick it with her if I'm honest. That's why I'm like, oh, here come Dan. Oh, she's just- <laughs> So fat. Van is figuring out her life. She is. Just like I, I can all the it. other guys. Just like the guys. I feel like even as women, sometimes we give other women 
a hard time about That's like bitch you ain't figured out your life you got a kid what is you doing i judged however at my big age i'm just like okay i think i got it i think yeah. i got it y'all is it it doesn't come easily Look, she's still girl, young no. enough. Look, girl, no. I ain't got it. <laughs> she's I ain't she's got still it. young enough to where she could get it. I do want to point this out because Tara reminded me when she was like, yes, yeah, Massa, did y'all notice that portrait in the house with the slave yes. in the background? Yes. And that, that was, was and, so creepy. Wait, but it was, it was a creepy photo, but it was also the catalyst for because Ern didn't want to work with that dude, the the young dude, mm -hmm. and not and and I don't even know if it was necessarily that he felt like the white guy was a friend to him as much as he felt like the dude was lightweight, being like a culture vulture because he was he was he wasn't doing anything for the culture per se, but was taking all this white guy's money. But when he saw the picture with the slave in it, Ern was like, yeah, we're gonna need more money. And he needs a manager. Like he he built it at that point when he, after he saw that photograph on the wall. Can I have black one. people be culture vultures of their own culture? Well, if you're making a mockery of it, I feel like they can. Because I feel I like that, no, that just makes you a coon. <laughs> Is that what it is? Is that what it is? Yeah, because culture vulture is very specific. It's people taking other people's culture. Well, well, okay. So let me say it this way then. In 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 the stance of him being a culture vulture, he uh, he deemed himself an artist, but he ain't no damn artist. He was that shit looked a hot mess. He was not an artist, ma'am. We live in Atlanta. Girl, and that's they we that's here. around here. That's plenty. And and maybe he was making a mockery of some people that we know. I don't know. Maybe. Mm, there's so, always that. That's always high. There's always that. So, yeah, so I get what you're saying about him being. I, I get what you're saying about him being a culture vulture, but I, I mean not being a culture vulture, but I, I say that in the sense of maybe the culture that he's 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 doing it with is not necessarily like hip hop culture or maybe it's like artist culture and it's not specific to you know what i'm saying I don't yeah know. You, that's what i mean so in that respect i can see it that way how do i say this i don't have a problem with what the young man was doing i respect that hustle i respect it because I mean, especially considering the way that Ern responded to seeing that image of that young Black person there for whatever reason that they were there, we can just assume it was slavery. And he looks up and he's just like, no, nah, fuck this. Give us more money mm -hmm. because y'all, it's reparations. It's just reparations. So no, I don't care how it comes across. I don't think that it's that. <laughs> you know, because sometimes it's like, instead of just trying to apologize, it's if you don't understand that, then we just, you not my people and that's okay too. Right. Cola, so, you're not going to act like that that black boy in the painting didn't look like Kunta Kinte. It just makes my <laughs> pressure go up. I don't like how that makes me feel. You see, so, I just put my head down because I... That, you know, because hmm, let's flip it. Let's do the quantum leap. Let's call it a quantum leap. So 
I believe that maybe something in Earn snapped because he saw the image of that person and believed that that could have just as easily been him himself, Earn, or that young man. Because I feel like they didn't look exactly alike, but they looked enough alike for him to be like, that was a different time. That was definitely exploitation. And so let us embody this opportunity to exploit them back. I, but I think I, about I the say, context of the picture, right? What that's the what white men say. were doing in the yeah. picture. What were they doing in the picture? They were giving a loan, right? They had a big check. They had all this money. Money, yeah, they, in front of them. Yeah. Right. And the, then you see the black kid off yeah. in the back. So yes, yeah. I agree with you, Cola. He was probably like, fuck this. He's Let's like, take these yeah, white people away. The but it's but it's but it away anyway. But I also, right. you, know, you know me, I like to delve. But also the audacity and the nerve to be working with people of color and saying you support these arts and this culture and then have this highlighted on your wall in your home. That's audacity. Like you got mm-hmm. it up and you don't give a shit that it's a slave or a, somebody being sold or whatever's going on it. in the background in this picture. I don't think they would even notice it. And that's the point. And that is mm-hmm. the entire point. Just like you didn't notice that they was taking your money. We know mm-hmm. uh, since we since we're the ones that aren't recognized and we you really don't pay us enough attention. And remember, you don't see color, so you don't see us. So let me. So you won't see me taking your money. So how about that? Period. Yes. Again, we're very tolerant over here. Oh are gosh. are you really? Not at all. Yeah, that was. You know, um... they try to make it about being, and and this is also, <laughs> I read. Uh, <laughs> I read David Harewood's memoir. Do you guys know who David Harewood is? I know who he is. I don't know who he is. Who's that? He played in uh, Supergirl as the Martian. Was he in The Flash? Probably. Regardless, uh-huh. this man, this tall, big, dark-skinned black man mm-hmm. said that he racism didn't hit him until he had his nervous breakdown and then he was able to see like the racism around him. And so he's from across the water right and they love to say they're not racist like america and it's like do y'all even know y'all history but they are they're up higher in the supply chain when we think about slavery in america is because they ordered the ships correct but that tells you how many black people over there don't know the history of even where they are a lot of immigrants came because David Harewood's parents are uh, some West Indian or something, but they're not from over there. They brought their kids over there because they want their kids to grow up where they came from, but they insulated their kids. And I bring this up because in his memoir, it was just like, do you not realize that you're black? And then you had this coming to Jesus moment and damn near lost your mind because you realized you're a black man. That's Mm. how insulated he was, is that he lived his life as just a regular man. So when he started 
seeing that people were mistreating him because he was a black man, he couldn't take it. Like his brain literally like, oh. he went schizophrenic nuts, manic, right? Oh, and I'll be thinking about that when people be like, it's not that bad over here. And I just like, is it that it isn't that bad or you're just because classism is really prevalent over there? Is Is it that you're in a certain class where it's not touching you? Correct. The way that it would normally touch you if you had a more impoverished life. You're desensitized. Exactly. So. Ooh. Because well, when you have when you have a lot of money, you can be desensitized. Right. Again, episode one, becoming white. In your oh. mind, you don't even see yourself as a black person when you have a certain amount of money because you can get the things that you need and you want. When you don't have a lot of money, you are constantly reminded that you're black. Correct. When you have all this money, you could live like you're a white person. So where do you think that the young artist was in that? I think the young artist was just a nigga and yeah. had figured out like, I'm finna get- come up. Yes, he it had a come cl- up. Clearly a hustle, clearly it was, a hustle. He was pretty much telling Earn like, nigga, get on the ride or shut the hell up and don't fuck up my shit. It, yeah, because I feel like Earn was having a moment where he was considering blowing up dude's spot and just being like, Either he was just going to tell him like on the strength, like I'm trying to help you or he was going to find a way to finesse it to where he kicked old boy out and he brought in the paperboy camp. But the crazy thing was that the moment that he was having, that he was contemplating that was the same moment when he saw that picture. Yes. So I feel like oh. him, see, him seeing the picture changed, it literally in a moment's notice changed his answer because mm-hmm. he was going to tell that white guy that he didn't want to work with that dude that he didn't want to have anything to do with it and while he was waiting for them to come down the hall he turned and he saw the picture and his whole you can see it in his face his face changed and then the whole conversation went in a different direction didn't it so we 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 saw that there's something that i wanted to point out and i want to do this very delicately because what i do not want to talk about is this whole um will smith and chris yeah. rock slap ah. but i thought that it was interesting to see the timing between episodes of what happened the first thing that happens before the slap is the episode 3 slaps yes yes with the, with the, the father the grandfather slapping the kid and then we come back to episode three, we see this white guilt buffet. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, ma'am. With yes, that ma'am. situation that we were talking about earlier with the overly entitled Asian woman um, saying what she said that just led to, how did they get there? Like, they always get there. They always get there because they cannot <laughs> they cannot see themselves not in the center of anything. So if something happens to someone, somehow they have to push themselves to the front to be a part of all the attention getting that this person is is having. And we don't Darius was like chill. Yeah, he was like he was like it's not a big deal. But the dude the dude with the uh, very aggressive hairline, according to Darius, <laughs> uh, <laughs> very aggressive hairline, um, 
followed him around because he wanted to be a part of it. It was like he was, he, Darius left one part of the room and went here and you followed him through this entire house because you wanted to be a part of, and Darius wasn't even talking about it. And he walked up to him, you know, I heard what she said, man, it's not right. It's not right. And then you went and told everybody in the house, like Darius didn't tell anybody. He was was really busy spreading that around. Yes, yes. I think that the funniest part was when they were all, when all of the white people gathered around Darius in that room, yes. and the and the white girl was crying, and he was like, "Why is she crying? Like, what? What is she? Why is she, she crying? totally made it about herself? Yeah. Just like I know we're we're skating around it, but there were so many white women who made on a slap about themselves. That's why I said that was what the connection was. It's like, yo, I just, I'm seeing this happening all around me. And the timing of the episodes was just very interesting with seeing one theme explored and then this thing happening that is like polarizing the world. And then this happens and it's like, this is what y'all look like. Yes. Yes. That's what he was trying to show everybody. He's like, this is how it looked to us. Y'all look crazy. Shut up. Y'all look very crazy. I mean, it was, it was, I love, it was funny because I think when they all went to Lord to attack the poor Asian girl, um, I started feeling sorry for (laughs) the East Indian dude that was just sitting there and looked at him and was like, yeah, they're pretty racist. Like it was like, he he was just kind of like, this is what they do. Like he was just sitting there with Darius. He was at peace with it. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, this is this is normal. This is what they do." But do you know what he did in that moment to Darius? He out Darius, Darius, because he was the calm person. Because I think that at that point, when it started to happen, like when the girl came back in the kitchen and Darius looked at her and was like, "Don't come over here," and she was kind of like, and I and I feel like in that moment. She had mm-hmm. a very assimilated moment because mm-hmm. you are Asian and your hair is straight, like the white people in the room. You you assume that you are you are one of them. Mm-hmm. So when he's telling you not to come over there because it's going to be something, your whole you don't understand. These are my people. It was kind of very much. These are my people. Are what they? What it was <laughs> but they're good. not. Like they're not. But her her attitude, like the look on her face, was very much. What is it? What's the problem? He was, trying, he was Darius was trying to give her that Negro um, yes. hint. And it wasn't even necessarily just exclusively a Negro thing. It's like, if you see the look on my face, we need to be communicating. I'm trying yeah. to help. And she did not get that at all. And then, you know, it got intense. Like he said, <laughs> he said, uh, I intense. think it's time to go. It's a little intense yeah. upstairs. Yeah. Yes. But see, That's another... how I would explain it. What right. Am I? The other awkward white people moment is when we find out that the the guy who's the the little rapper right. was taking all the money from was her fiance. Boom. And again, another microaggression. I can I canceled the wedding. Fuck her North Korean mama. Why you had to say that? Oh, yeah. why you had to say that? Yeah. We know her mama Asian because she Asian. No, but you had to, you white person had to point out 
that her mom was from North Korea. Her, and now she's not worth saving because mm. ding, ding, ding. But oh. again, I have to bring up the promoter. We're tolerant over here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. You better remind them that that's not at all. Y'all are not tolerant. Stop and they don't even realize Stop how racist that is, right? You are about to marry mm-hmm. this woman. And so when they be like, I can't be racist. My wife is North Korean. You see how that flips so easily? Yeah. Yeah. See? That's exactly what you did. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. So just to wrap up, we want to get into surprises. Um, <laughs> what was the surprise and what are your predictions? I was surprised that they left Van's ass at the party. Mm. All four, uh, well, three of them, they called a Uber for four and then socks oh aggressive hairline ass jumped in there with them and then when they realized he was the fourth person they didn't be like where's van she looked like she dipped on her own see that's the same thing that i said to sanita sanita was like bothered I, and yeah, because I, I and it was it's funny because I said the cola, I said the same thing to Sunita. And Sunita said, When did she leave? And I said, I don't know, but I felt like she didn't really want to be bothered with it. She didn't, yeah, because she just kind of drifted away from like if she really wanted to be with them, then she would have been aware of the motion that was happening as they were leaving. She would have at least been close enough in vicinity. You know how it is. No, because none of them were close to each other up until they all dispersed. Mm -hmm. So when they all got into the house, they all went their separate ways. Al was never close to any of them because when he was outside with the tree, they were inside somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Van and Ern ended up sitting close to each other because she was in the pool house pushing people into the pool. But then- Go ahead. But then they ended up being in different areas later on. So none of them were in the same spot. So that's why I was like, when they called for Uber for four Mm -hmm. people, they were supposed to round each other up, but all three of them were together. That was an assumption made that she was close by. Like, why would you make that assumption? Al went off into some room playing poker. Did nobody know where he was? Wait, but I, I'm going to tell you why they made the assumption. Because mm-hmm. when they were stealing all the shit and running out and they they said it was for four people, there was a fourth person with them, but they did not know it wasn't Van and it was Sox's ass. Gotcha. Oh. So, so, so I feel like they didn't go looking for her because they thought that she was behind them. So when oh. they got in the van and they all started laughing, they didn't stop laughing until he turned around and was like, I know a place. And they were all like. That was the then, ultimate creepy moment. Yeah, it was weird that he just what became their fourth party when he wasn't. So I don't so I don't know if it was that she left before or, or because they left her. She wound up in that restaurant not answering their phone calls. <laughs> Not answering That's, the phone calls was an indication to me that it was that much more likely that she left of her own volition because she was over it. She was over them. You know, she seemed she was bored enough to be pushing people in the pool and stealing yeah. stuff. She was drunk show. too, y'all. 
So yeah. don't don't yeah. erase that element of drunkenness. However, seriously, what if there's a time overlap that once they realized that was socks in the front seat, Earn called her? Yes, that's what it was. That's, 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 I, I believe that. I can see that. I can totally I can, see that. Yeah. I can see that. Because remember, he is the one that is legit worried about her. Like, yes. are you okay? Yeah. Because remember is. when she was in the pool That house? is the mother of his child. Yeah. Yeah, like. And I, you know, and, uh, you know, even though their relationship is kind of awkward sometimes, I feel like he's like, if my, if Van is not okay, then Lottie's not okay. Like Mm -hmm. he makes that, you know, because Van needs to be okay so that Lottie can be okay because Van is there with her all the time. I'm not always there. I think he, uh, I think he has that understanding of the situation. I can see that and that's why I would be able to understand why he is being very nonchalant with her because he's just like, okay, I can tell what's happening here. She is working through whatever she's working through and it's not like he can say that he has it all the way together. So Mm -hmm. it looks like he's giving her grace, which we love. Um, Yeah, and so, and Sin, you also made a great point earlier indicating that we need to give then grace and just let her live and not be so overly concerned with like who watching that baby um <laughs> but you know i'm a black auntie like legitimately so these things do come up sometimes sorry y'all uh so what are predi- predictions predictions mm. we haven't seen anything about covid as you predicted last week this is just and- one episode ma'am it's just one yeah. episode. Well, no, I'm, I'm not saying that you are entirely wrong because this episode didn't see nobody coughing. But, um, and we still don't know what's going on between Van and Darius. If anything. If Darius was in her room when she yes, was like, I just went to get ice. I made that assumption that he was and I just let it be what it was. So like, I was just like, yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I'm not invested in that. Sometimes you have a moment and it's all right. Like sometimes when sometimes when the moon is high and the, the person that you said you would never, you might. I and then just walk away from it. Between them two, especially considering how they were in Amsterdam and taking all the drugs, I don't think that it was something that was even looked at as like insidious. Like, oh no, that thing happened that we'll never speak of again. Oh yeah, no. Not with them two being how they are. So no, I, I agree. No, I agree it's with you. An issue worth issuing. But no, I was just pointing out a few predictions that came up for the last one. Um, and wondering what further predictions may have come up. I, mean, you I said don't want Al to lose no more money. I'll tell you that much. Oh, good God. I'm sure that he's going to lose more money, though. No, I said I don't want him to. (laughs) I know, but I'm sure that he will. Yeah. Al is going to lose more money. You know, this episode really stood alone. There was not a tease as to what's next because there... I just had a whole revelation and it goes back to it just being art and it's high art. Mm -hmm. Undoubtedly, they were very intentional about creating a script creating these scenes, especially the dialogue, because what I realized was missing as I struggle to make a prediction about what's going to happen next 
is that there was not context given as to what is happening next. There was no, I can't wait until we go to Scotland. Right. There was no reference to a restaurant other than Nando's. There was no reference to where they were spending the night. What happened yesterday? There was no reference to another time period. Right. I believe that to be very brilliant. But I, but I also feel like the way that they play with time, like you guys said something about COVID, like mm-hmm. if you, I feel like the way that they play with time, like, look, I'm going to go into my Marvel bag, like it's multi-universe in that maybe where they are, that doesn't exist. And time is not real in there. And, and, and to me and some of the, I mean, cause he, you know, come on, we're talking about a show where somebody drove off from the club in an invisible car. So it's just kind of, it's kind of one of those things where I feel like they're taking, you know, taking liberties with time and, you know, mm-hmm. what's really going on reality wise, like in the, in the real world, if we're going to, you know, talk about it in the scope of what is happening in the television world. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to be clear. The only reason I mentioned COVID is because of when season two ended and how we had to wait three years, mm-hmm. three years for season three to come back out. And during that three years, COVID happened. Right. They did not film. They didn't start filming this year. They filmed it during COVID. And then in that episode, Earn is obviously sick but he's pushing through. He's coughing. He can't breathe. Right. He's like, oh, I feel sick. And that's the only reason I brought it up is because at the very beginning, hella people had COVID. We just didn't know it was COVID. Right. I mean, it's a very reasonable explanation. I was attaching logic where very reasonable logic that's what i need to say it was very reasonable logic i'm i'm not even saying that it i'm i'm totally neutral about what prediction you made because i i understand why that prediction was made and is relevant because as a viewer we have very real concerns about what y'all finna do how much reality are we about to get because we don't necessarily want (laughs) as much reality as y'all could give us so can we right. just keep that out can we just write that out let's just like and, I, and, and maybe and maybe that's why i'm like it's not real because i don't want no more covid shows like i mean <laughs> like, this is, but this wouldn't be a covid show i don't know I, I know what you're you know saying, what i'm saying I, yeah. I don't think it's gonna go that route right my prediction is mm-hmm. the aggressive hairline dude is finna get them in some shit Oh and, no, you think they're gonna, because think Van is not, gonna be is gonna be around? I think Socks is gonna get them into some shit and Van is gonna have to get them out of it. That's my prediction. Oh. She's gonna find her purpose. Like, listen, I can't be acting like this. It it kind of reminded me of I, I went to Chicago one time and mm-hmm. this young lady was like, You're not gonna drink. And I was like, I have to get home to my kid. Ah, you're lame. And I was just thinking to myself, like, I am in the city of Chicago. And if I get fucked up like I used to in my 20s, I could get in a car accident and never make it home to my kid. But when you're young and you don't have that shit to worry about, you do stupid shit. Mm. Darius has no kids. Al has no kids. And unfortunately, Black men who are not with the mothers of their children act like they don't have kids sometimes. So that is this is a recipe real. for disaster. 
Yeah. But the aggressive hairline dude. And they didn't yeah. tell us where they were going. No, he just said, I know a place. And then they drove off. Oh, if that is yeah. a an indicator of a continuation. And I would love a continuation just because I would like to maybe just write a little storyline for a minute. I mean, I was bracing myself. This is worth mentioning in the discussion of this is high art and everyone should interpret it in their own fashion. <laughs> Listen, I was bracing myself at the beginning. I was just like, what are we finna do? Where are we going? Yeah. Why is all this glass in here? This look raggedy. They're fucking up again. What is happening? And then they right. get to the space and it's like, oh, okay. And then we see the tree and I just like back and forth, like, when is something finna pop off? You know, like when they saw the art, you know, I'm, I know I'm just kind of itemizing most of the main events in the episode, but each event I felt triggered because I was like, are y'all about to go deep into surrealism or are y'all going to like, at least they say it in the same function, right. but it, it's just gotten me to a place as a viewer where I'm on edge. And I, and I mean that in a good way, but it's also like, oh, what a roller coaster. <laughs> I'm trying to stay ready for y'all to flip it up on me. And, and here he is. I think that um, something that my sister said when we were watching the episode was um, when we were talking about Al, when he was going off about and banging on the door about giving my money, giving my money. Yeah. My, my sister said out loud, you are not in Atlanta. Stop acting like you in Atlanta because you're not in Atlanta. Like she didn't those were her specific words. And I was like, that is it. He is really reacting to this situation because he, and think about all the references he made. If we was back so, and such and such and didn't have my money, you know, like he would, everything was about, but you're, that's not where you are. That made you him were, detached from reality in that Yes, sense. that's not where you are. He was you in were, the wrong reality. Yes, he, he was handling, he was handling a very European situation in a very Southwest Atlanta way. And those two things don't go together. There's even more to that. He was handling a billionaire's house in Europe yeah. like he was in the trap in Atlanta. Yes, very much so. That don't add up. Nope. Again, what a clash. Where did the chainsaw come from? Come from, yep. Where did the chainsaw come from? <laughs> and if and here's the thing is that if there was a chainsaw in the house, who got him the chainsaw? Because that meant that somebody knew where the chainsaw was to give it to him it so that he could socks. cut the tree. Socks was it was probably it probably was socks. I believe it was chaos. socks. <laughs> socks was the agent of chaos. Between between socks, between socks and the um the hustling black boy, one of them gave him that. Chance. The hustling black boy definitely know what a chainsaw yeah, is. Yeah. Raggedy ass art that he be doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. Awkward moment that we forgot to mention before what? we wrap it up. The white man in the portrait with his penis out. I don't want to remember that happening. <laughs> So Good, as I close my eyes, <laughs> as as you said awkward white moments. That was definitely it, that was white. awkward, and um, it was awkward <sighs> enough to take me right out of it. I, did you benefit something from that? Was there a deposit made? Did not. That was, was one, that was one of those close repulsed. one eye, keep the other one open moments. Like I was like, why did they put this in here? Why is this why? in here? This is disruptive to my spirit personally. It's so, very violent. To my eyeballs, super oh, violent to my eyeballs. Too. You could have just let that hat happen, and we didn't have to talk about that. You know, <laughs> just like we talk about Bruno over in that other universe. So, 
We do not talk about Bruno. And that is Bruno. Is that <laughs> Bruno? I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Um, one thing I do want to say right quick, because I didn't have a whole lot of space for that whole slap situation. But I tell you what, in the interest of like white gaze and white awkwardness, I'm sure that either you have been told this or you told a child that I will whoop your ass in front of all these white folks. And that's what Will Smith was as a person. Personified. Personified. If I will whoop your ass in front of all these white folks was a person, it was Will Smith. He earned it. That was brilliant. That was very brilliant. We, we ought to give him that. And uh, Paperboy certainly did embody that when he took that chainsaw to that tree. I was like, yes. wow, yeah. But what was That's even funnier it. to me was the white man's face while he was laying in the bed when he was yelling through the door. Like, <laughs> I was like, why are you as a grown-ass man curled up in a ball making Thank these faces? And I was like, I don't understand. This, right, but this is your house. Like, what are you doing? You're not, so, you're not scared of a ghost ejaculating on you, but you're scared of a black man knocking on your door asking, you like, give me my money. money. Right. Why do you mean just give him the money? Like, right. You're a billionaire. Just give him this $40,000. I wonder what would have happened if it was paperboard at loss. But that's the thing is that I felt, I felt yes. like that was, a, that was a room where Fernando takes people and he t- takes their money. Mm-hmm. And so... The other two men usually have probably always lost to Fernando and somebody finally beat Fernando and they didn't want to be a part of it because it has ne- it probably had never happened before. I, it was hard to read that scene. It was giving a lot of get out. It was yeah. just- It was giving was. a whole lot of get out. It was. So IDK, it's just so much. We did our best, y'all. We did our very best to do some more unpacking of Atlanta, just a little bit more talking about some of the awkward- white scenes and really getting into season three episode three there were two threes so I couldn't mess that up too bad and Mm -hmm. I want to thank y'all again for joining us in this conversation now you have basically experienced the outside voices inside podcast because we got both of the hosts on here so that is all (laughs) the more reason why you should listen to that podcast Tam take us on out by telling us all about it uh, Outside Voice Inside is a podcast where we discuss various topics. Each month, there's a theme. This month's theme is romance. And I said that with a question mark on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a new episode that is dropping on Wednesday called Lovers and Friends, where we discuss the concept of casual sex and friends with benefits. So mm-hmm. if you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Google, you can listen to it on Spotify, also subscribe there, or you can go straight to Anchor FM and listen to it on that um, website. Boom. Wow. Said very well. Did you want to add anything to that, Sunita? No, she said it all. Listen to our shit on Wednesday. Listen to their show on Wednesday, which comes out right before the next episode of FX Atlanta. All right. We're going to talk about it some more next week. Who knows who all is going to be here, but whoever's here with me, we're going to unpack Atlanta and you should, I should have led with this. My bad. I'll put this at the top if I can remember in (laughs) editing. 
But hey, make sure that you are following us on Twitter. Our handles are in the episode notes. We don't have to say that right now. Look at the notes, you all. And also look for the hashtag Unpacking Atlanta on Twitter because that is about as high tech as we get when it comes to correspondence about the show. Hashtag Unpacking Atlanta on Twitter. You know how to use hashtags. Don't don't act like you don't. So we appreciate you all for tuning in. And we are deuces. Bye. Bye. <laughs>